Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. What's up, everybody? The future, week two. Last week, we talked that the future we have is always secure. How and why? Because Jesus doesn't lose any that are his. And when we are in Jesus, we know no matter what happens, we are in a secure, eternal position. The greatest victory that's ever been accomplished is the victory over the grave, that you and me can be restored back to God. But then naturally, we'd say, okay, well, if I'm in Jesus and it's secure, well, how do I then go about my day today? Do I create plans? What's God's will? What's my will? How does that all play out in the tension of that? And maybe you found yourself frustrated in moments when it didn't go as planned. I think we could all say 2020 didn't go as planned. We were away on a retreat, praying and dreaming to kick off 2020. It's where we release some of that content this year. Heaven and Lansing, let's dream so big, God takes notice. And then we come back, and there's a global pandemic. Now, were we off in planning and dreaming? No, but ultimately, God taught us something through the pandemic. But what he provides today is far greater than our plans for tomorrow. Because guess what we have today, right here? We have this moment, and we have the Lord. Our plans will get disrupted at many different times. And today's title, The Future is God's. Let that soak in your ego for a moment. It's good. The future is God's. The future that will last is God's, not Jerome's, not yours, no one's but God's. Now, God's a good dad, and he likes to include us in his plans. It's pretty neat. But like the worship team saying, we got to wait on him. Now, we can try, try some things out in trial and error, but ultimately, look at James chapter 4. Come now. You who say, today or tomorrow, we will travel to such and such a city. All right, somebody got a vacation planning coming up? Booked an Airbnb? A VRBO? How about summer plans with the kids because school's not happening? How about a time at the beach? And I want to lean in for a moment right here, right now. It's one thing to make plans outside of the Lord. Like, I would expect those uh, that don't know God yet to kind of just go about their day-to-day. But I think this text 
happens in the church so often. We're like this. Like, God, here's my plans. And he's like, yo, I would have loved to have been involved with helping you make those plans. So we have to start first with God. And check it, it continues. It says, you could spend a, and spend a year there and do business and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Wow. Ouch. Come now. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil, so it is sin to know the good and yet to not do it. That every, today, every day somehow uh, uh, allows us a good thing. That God is good and there's good things to do. And to not do it or to be so involved with whatever our plans may be could literally be sin. Today's the only day that's promised. Everything in the future is if the Lord wills. Everything. Like Everything. I know sometimes I preach like a sixth-grade football coach because that's what wakes, gets my attention the most, and it's okay. I hope today that we know the future is God's. I remember when I uh, was looking to find my wife. I remember journaling a bunch. And I would journal a bunch, um, you know, and maybe be like, I think that could be the one. You write it down in the journal. Hey, God, is that the one? Da, 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 da. And then I remember uh, I was thinking, my ex-girlfriend, she kind of, I, I was different dude before I came to Lord, so I understand why she left me. Uh, but I was kind of like, man, God, bring her back. Like, let it happen. If it's your will, if it's your will, come on, please bless this. Bless this, please. Bless it. Bless it. Are you not listening? Bless it. Bless it. Bless it. And then finally something started changing when I was just said, hey, God, whatever you will, whatever you want. And then writing down qualities. And then surely God kept leading my life and brought Crystal in. Now, I don't know if it's always fairy tales and magical endings for all of our dreams, but I remember that tension so clearly of constantly trying to understand what is God's will for dating in my life. And that has played out time and time again in my life. I knew change was happening. I had never been offered a job in ministry um, up till one year, and then I was offered 14 in three months. 14 in three months. I knew change was happening. Which one was the will of God? Well, it was the only job nobody was offering. It was City Life Lansing to go where the wild things are and see it as good. And that took a lot of wrestling. It took a lot of this, but it took an understanding that today... Man, I already got God. And that is so easier said than done. There's a phrase that uh, has helped shape many of our lives, and I want to remind us it today. It's live today like the last, but prepare for forever. That's the essence of uh, the future is God's. Reading James again, like look at uh, verse 13. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city. And spend a year there and do business and make a profit. This should have every single business person leaning in right now. And you might think, well, I don't own a business. 
Are we consumed with our jobs and the profit we'll make? Of course, we provide for ourselves and hopefully provide for others and are generous with our resources. But I think sometimes we miss the main thing we have, which is the Lord. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So it is sin to know the good and yet not to do it. Look at that verse 15. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. That teaches us we are not in ultimate control. God is. This is is the best news we'll hear today outside of the gospel, is that God's in control of everything. There is so much fear and worry of what the future may bring, or even excitement as we're working towards something. But if you haven't learned yet, that God isn't on our timeline and he's not a genie in a bottle with three wishes that just shows up on our command and he gives us what we want. Sometimes my kids come in um, a little cocky. I told them, hey, you can come up to dad, you can ask anything at any given time, and that's amazing, but sometimes they'll start telling me things that shouldn't happen. Like, yo, dad, we're going to eat sugar for the 14th time today. Hey, yo, dad, we're going to play Fortnite for about two hours because you said I could download it this week. Yo, dad, I'm like, look, like, No, that's not how this works. All the time, we're like, hey, yo, dad, I'm about to go do this. Or, hey, or worse yet, hey, I'm just going to do this. I'm not even going to include the Lord. I think this is an epidemic and a pandemic in in the church of America more than anything because we have so many options. Hi, look at us. Ooh, shiny lights. Gotta get going. It's so busy. We got so many. We work more than any other society. We got more debt than any other society. We got more law cases than any other society. We got more people in jail than any other society. We got so many issues. We're, we're always constantly looking at the next movie, the next release, the next thing. Man, I just want to say, man, stop. To myself and to the church and to everybody, if the Lord wills, we're going to be about that. Who cares? We already got God. We got him today. So we're not in ultimate control. You know what we are? James teaches us we are but a vapor. <laughs> like, that's it. That's all you think of me. I thought I was your child. You are. But you're but a vapor. That's the dichotomy. But in God, we do exist forever. Look at Proverbs 3 puts it this way. Look, come on. I think when sometimes when we think about, um, like, how do I maximize today? I love the idea, too. Like, I can do good today, as James was saying. I can do good. And Proverbs, they're, they're, they're truths that can be applied in different uh, You'll see even sometimes that they contradict each other because you could apply a truth to one situation and apply the truth to a different situation. So that's very key because somebody could be like, well, Proverbs says this. It might not be applicable to each situation. But I think this one is. When it is in your power, don't withhold good from whom, from the one to whom it belongs. Somebody calls you up. Hey, yo, can I have 10 bucks? Dude, hit me up tomorrow. Now, if you've ever been around somebody that struggled with drugs... I, I felt this many times. 
What's the good I can do for him? Well, well, I could say, look, I've been bo- you've been coming out, you've been coming around a long time. Uh, you're, you're, you just call me tomorrow. But in my heart, I know there's something good I can do in that moment. Maybe it's not the ten bucks, but there's something good. Don't say to your neighbor, "Go away, come back later. I'll give it to tomorrow." When it is in. When it is there with you. We know what we have. We know how to maximize the day when we're doing good out there. Today absolutely matters. It really does. And the future is a bunch of todays. If we want to have a very bright future, let's just maximize today. How do we maximize today? How, 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 how? Look, look, look. Don't put on my armor. God has armor for you. You know what maximizing the day looks like for you. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit is so perfect, on time, in tune, in the pocket, every time, but we got to stop. And then, and then this, this sweet, slow thing happens, almost like the Matrix, and you just start dodging bullets, and then you know where you should be. But it comes with being still before the Lord. Matthew 6. Look at this. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Hey, friend, you, if we've ever doubted if God's word is timeless, this is 2,000 years ago. This sounds like it just dropped. This is a Twitter line. This is, this is the IG story. It feels, I feel like uh, this might be your motivational speaker of the week saying this. Hey, don't worry, <laughs> you know? This might be the woosah. This, this, is a, this is a plug for Headspace meditation app. No, God knows how we should flow. Check it. Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? That's deep. Do you know worrying? Uh, uh, shrinks, it actually makes you live shorter life. Stress hurts our body so bad. Worrying. Well, what do I do? What do I do? I'm a, uh, first, it's just, like, it's just like somebody who deals with an addiction. You gotta, I think there's some worrying addiction. We just got to be honest. I'm struggling with worrying. Amen. Thanks for being honest. Amen. Dude, I meet this all the time. But this doesn't manifest itself because it can stay in here and nobody knows. I would dare venture almost every person's eyes you're going to look at this week. At some point, you'll see, are you worried about something? What would that be a great question? I get it too. Let's pray for each other. Because God tells us don't worry. And why do you worry about your clothes? Observe how the wildflowers in the fields grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, then thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You have little faith. So don't worry saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? 
For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. What do we do today? If the Lord wills, if the Lord wills, we'll do this. We're going to seek him first in the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. This is why the bucket list is satanic. Come on. Are you serious, dude? That is so harsh. No, the bucket list is absolutely satanic. If in your heart, you know, if you don't get to accomplish those things, you feel that you're missing out on something. Because if Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of our life and in him is the fullness of life, that we have him, the preeminent one, the glorious one, the God almighty, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the prince of peace, then the bucket list is a lie in comparison of our king and our kingdom. So I may never go to Hawaii. Who cares? Of course, sometimes I care. Duh. Right between the lines. Man, you so... No, of course I care. I rode in a Tesla for my 40th birthday. It was awesome. I started to care for a minute. And I thought, man, get behind me, Satan, because if I don't have a Tesla, I still drip. I got that Holy Spirit drip. Come on, where you at? We got to preach to ourselves. Now, if someone has a lot, so be it. But it, come on, we've seen enough billionaires and people get there and they say it's never enough. Whoa. And I know we're down here in the gutter like, well, I'd like to find out, (laughs) you know, like I'd like to find out. I'll agree. It's harder when you're in poverty. It's harder when we were in the trailer park. But statistics show that the, 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 the income range in the Ruthless Elimination Hurry book, John Mark Comer states this, that uh, $70,000 is the ideal income uh, combined for a family because there's like a little bit of lack and, and there's providing and then there's still some margin and that you're in this place of contentment. So godliness with contentment is great gain. That any dollar you make above that, it didn't show that anybody was actually happier. Why was that so good for me? You know why it was so good for me? Because there's not a letter I can add uh, after my name. There's not an achievement that I can add. There's not even a dollar that I can add. And it's okay because I can say that my God is more than enough. The best is now. I got it. You got it. We got Jesus. We got Jesus. So therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Because tomorrow, it's going to worry about itself. Each day has trouble of its own. I was in Jimmy John's with baby Neo, which is a cool moment, just, just him and I. We have five, so that doesn't happen that often. And he's an identical twin, so normally they're together all the time. And he wanted Jimmy John's. He loves Jimmy John's. So we got the little John, and we got bag of chips, and uh, 5.04, I think we were out the door, and we sat down, and there was this little thing on the wall, and it says... Is it ever enough? And it was something, and I'm going to butcher the story, so this won't probably be politically correct. I'm not even sure if this will be culturally correct, but here's how I read it, and here's how I interpreted it. And um, anyway, so there's the disclaimer. The, the story was along the lines of, uh, like, someone in Mexico who fishes for their family and fishes for, like, an hour a day, gets all the fish they need, and comes back and cooks it, hangs out with the family, uh, siesta, um, 
and, and just kind of enjoys that day in the rhythm. And then there was this American business owner that watched it and said, man, how, um, why do you only fish a day? Or I mean, an hour a day. Uh, well, I get enough and I go. But, but if you fished eight hours, you could get more than enough, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then um, we could start a business and we could scale it. And he was like, okay, and, and then what we would do? Well, well, after 15 years of doing that, we could create an IPO and we could uh, have it go public and have people invest in it and have all these, this money and resources and, and do all of these things. And he goes, well, then what we would do? He goes, we would retire. We would retire where? We would go to Mexico and we would fish for an hour a day and we would catch some fish and then we would go back home to our family and then we would have a siesta and then we'd hang out with our loved ones. You catch it? A lot of times the very thing we want we already have. We are, this is a typo, sorry. We are not worried or hurried. We are not worried or hurried because we have Jesus. 1 Corinthians 3 if anyone builds a foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious. For the day, we'll disclose it because ultimately it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work that he has built survives, he will receive a re- reward. A few, few, few things for sure. We're going to work. We're going to plan, friends. And if we live more than today, I hope that you have some idea of what will take place tomorrow. Fair? Especially if you're over other human beings. But ultimately, when we get to the end of our life, all of our work's going to be tested by fire. Wouldn't it be really cool to say, God, if it's your will, should I do this anyways? Instead of watching stuff get burned up later relationships, money, desires, dreams. That's why we can dream so big that God takes notice, but we start really small. Because only what God builds will last. Psalm 127.1, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, The watchman stays alert in vain. This is why it doesn't matter how strapped you are, how many cameras you have on your house. If God's not protecting it, it doesn't matter. And God will take care of his kids. So I would encourage us today to do this. And this all comes out of deep personal experience. Because truth be told, I wasn't on a camera when God found me. I was in the top row of the balcony, coming into church, seven years as an addict, kicked off the varsity basketball team, arrested several times. And then God brought me up here over much, much wrestling to think, God, I can never do this. I don't know what to do, God. And then finally, he just kept raising me up to just say, hey, preach my word. I chose you to encourage people. Because you know what it's like to feel forgotten. And everybody feels forgotten. But no one's alone. Everybody needs to know they're loved. Everybody needs to know they belong. Everybody needs to know that they got purpose. And that's what we pray is ultimately happening. So I'd encourage you to do what I, I know to be true in my life, which is submit and test 
all plans. Like, test it. What's the test? God, if it's your will. And there's certain things we don't need to pray about. This is why it's key to know our Bible, know our play, playbook. Like, love God, love people, forgive people. We don't have to pray about that. It's kind of deep. Ah, I'm going to pray about it. Pray about what? Ah, I, I, oh, I got to pray about it. Pray, like, a lot of times it's just an excuse for, you know what? I, I got a question. Did I pray every time I went to Chipotle? And Chipotle be getting a lot of money from me. Starbucks gets a lot of money from me. I don't, if the Lord wills. But then it's like, it's crazy when it's like, ah, it's offering time. We about to tithe. I don't know. I got to pray about it. I got tithe on. I don't know if God can provide on it. Like, oh, I mean, it just gets old, dude. Can we just be honest? Let's be some Christians that can last through the fire. Some Jesus followers that are ready to say, you know what? The future is God's. That's why I love that first song too. Still holy. He's sovereign. He's, he's, it's him. He's like in charge. He's in control. That's so good. Jerome, you don't have it all figured out, but I do, says the Lord. He's sovereign. He's in control. Um, worship team, if you guys could come up. And we're going to go all the way to the end. And here's how we close. Um, make some plans. Yeah. But in a few verses before where James was telling us, don't worry about tomorrow, because today's got enough worries, just focus on if the Lord wills, we should do this or that. Well, look at verse 7 in James chapter 4. It says, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But here's the key ingredient, I believe. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Something supernaturally takes place when we draw near to God, and he's more than enough. Next thing you know, what he provides is far greater than any plan we ever dreamt of anyways. I found myself now in the greatest adventure, the local church, and God has exceeded any of my bucket list. I have relationships with people I never knew. I've seen forgiveness in mercy. I've watched people get healed of deep emotional trauma. I've watched confidence come alive. These things can't be bought. They can only be caught from drawn near to the Lord. And you still might say, you know what? That sounds easy for you. I'm going through a tough season. Well, look at Philippians 4. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything. But in everything. <laughs> so it's kind of like, don't worry about anything. But by the way, I know 
you might struggle with it. So in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And the picture I love there is this, that if we're in Christ Jesus, he's closer than I could ever think. He's always near. And when I have his mind, it's past my understanding. And all the things through prayer that I was worried about, now he's exchanged with a heavenly point of view. Like, whoa, I'm up here? How'd that take place, God? By recognizing the Lord was already near. That, that's what's so key in that verse there. The Lord is near. God is always near. He's near to the brokenhearted. He's near to the fatherless. He's near when we're worried. He's near when we feel we're doubting or we're comparing. Or we don't have enough. And I pray as we close that we'll just respond to the Lord and wait on Him and His will and delight in Him. So let's sing that right now. God, we wait upon You. Your will. Your will. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing Podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelancing.com.